Oh Death, my god, Death. we're back! Welcome to the Honest War Gamer. <laughs> I'm your host, Rob, and it's the Agency Bar Stat Center with my co-host, Mr. Owen Jackson. Hey Owen, how are you? I'm fantastic, Mr. Robert Sines. How are they? Uh, I'm great, thank you very much. Uh, I'm still standing, Leslie. Uh, today. Uh, big shout out to all my Leslie stands in the chat. Uh, big shout out to Nogal Matthew in the chat for joining us. Uh, obviously, this is filmed in front of a live studio audience and full of legends. See you all in the chat. What up? Uh, very excited to talk about the results from Age of Sigmar events that have happened this weekend. Me and Owen have uh, gone down the investigation rabbit hole. It's kind of like the uh, far less severe uh, reinterpretation of uh, season one of True Detective, where at the end it just turns out that it's not it's not like some sort of like secret organization that are controlling everything. Instead, it's just probably some destiny dice. That's probably the end. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we started talking about it being more of a detective agency than a stat center, my brain went straight to um, Hetty Wainthrop investigates. <laughs> so I can be the like doddery old lady and you can be the lad who ended up in Lord of the Rings. That's a deep cut yeah, that's there. That's a deep cut. <laughs> 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 I feel, really feel like this is more of a Quincy-style investigation. But uh, uh, hello, JP. Just, just, just one more thing. <laughs> That's Colombo, my, my yeah. favorite TV that detective. Is yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, hello, everyone. Draconda, big up. Nogal, Matthew, Enwald, Bobbin, uh, AS Drummer. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks everyone, obviously, for joining us live. You can watch this back on YouTube, or you can listen to it as a podcast, of course. So the Stat Center, if you don't know, uh, we try and go through Age of Sigmar results. Obviously, Age of Sigmar 3 is out now, uh, so we probably won't be covering the Age of Sigmar 2 Worlds, which is still two months away and yet is a game system ago, uh, which is pretty fascinating. But we will be looking at events and trends from Age of Sigmar uh, uh, around the world, events around the world. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll be putting our stats together as well. Probably maybe top of the show, uh, shout out to our friends over at DKHMAOS who've already put some stats together from some uh, events. I think we've got like six or seven events from around the world at the moment. But there's still, that's probably not enough at the moment. Uh, but we'll see. Like uh, like uh, we talked about last week. But anyway, doesn't really matter. Oh, and you've also been at an event this weekend, right? What's been going on? Oh, I've had a wonderful time playing Warhammer with a, a lovely bunch of war gamers. The, uh, the Bucks guys put on a, a tournament. That's the Bucks Wargaming Collective. Um... We'll cover it in our roundup of, of tournaments, but yeah, I've, and also I have I played yeah I've played seven games in four days because my cousin came over and um, he spent a year and a half painting a really nice narrative um, cities of Sigma list, and then I introduced Durthu to it, and uh, that was a fun time had by all. Um, shout out Adam. Um, so yeah, played lots of Warhammer, spent time with nice people. Uh, what's not to love, eh? Literally, why events are the best? Like hanging out with people. Yeah. We had a 40k event here at the TSN Arena this weekend, and it was just a barrel of laughs. Especially because we had like I think we had three to four new players, which is just like the most fun. Like I was just like they're like just really good. So if you guys have never been to events, you should go out there and, and play them. They are the most fun. Uh, big boy Bucky in the chat saying Bucks are the best. Uh, Owen, uh, are Bucks the best? Do you think? I mean, because. <sighs> I mean, I'm playing for my club at the weekend, so but it's it's they're they're the closest second. There's a Rizzler paper between the South London Legion and the Bucks Wargaming wow. Collective. I'd just like you to know, so anyone yeah. out there who has any, and I mean any clubs anywhere in the world, Germany, France, Australia, Owen's just mugged you all off the world over. Is uh, oh, Owen's shit. willing to go from London yeah. to Buckingham, and that's it. That's the, <laughs> that's the title of 
I've just realised that I'm kind of an honorary member of the Scribes of War, so sorry, guys. Uh, I just want to be friends with everyone. Uh, maybe I should just stop having any affiliation. But anyway, it was fun. It was great. Right, so uh, should we should we jump in uh, and look at some results? No two-day events this week. One two-day event this weekend. Two two-day oh, events. Oh, apologies. Uh, yeah. No, no, you're all good. Um, yeah, there were two. Um, I've kind of... You've been Mr. International Investigator, and I've been more of the UK-based. You know, I like to keep it, you know, like to keep it local. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, where do you want to start? Shall we? Do you want to lead off, or shall we talk about uh, UK stuff? Uh, we could. Uh, I can start. I don't mind. I don't mind starting off. Um, I just want to shout out, so because it lets me talk about a couple of things. Number one, I've just put in the chat, Age of Sigma Stat Center at gmail.com. That's our email if you want to fire us any information events that you've got going on in the future uh, just so we can kind of take that in uh, and similarly there's a calendar uh, which i haven't filled in this week but i'm going to be filling in this week uh, for age sigma 2 and age sigma 1 dayers um, uh, around the world so if you have any you want me to upload onto the calendar or if you want to volunteer some time and be someone who helps uh, fill that calendar in for the community let me know um, and then we can just kind of get them out there because i think that's one of the hardest things for people to find just like mine and owen like owen was talking about when we investigate like there's a there was there's been events all over and it's only thanks to actually uh, this first email that I got from Henning Wolf um, had it not been for that I wouldn't have known that there was a 40 person one day event actually this weekend over in Germany uh, so it hadn't been for that I wouldn't have known because where do you find it there's no way to find it so that's kind of what we're trying to create so the more people who get involved or anyone who wants to volunteer some time to help get involved do that let me know and we'll do that because that's going to be good. Um, uh, hey, everyone. Hey, Shorty Point Studios. Um, uh, hello, everyone. Is this is that for in-person events only? MJ, yeah, probably for in-person events only. Um, uh, like, ultimately. A huge fan of TTS. Owen, obviously, a huge fan of TTS as well. I just think that's the things we're going to cover as we go forward. Um, just because that's the situation. Um, uh, right, anyway. Uh, it was 38 in the world. Thanks, Enwold. 40 man one day of madness. Owen, oh, actually, let's just talk about that while I just bring up the information. How do you feel about large one dayers? Well, that's the thing, actually. Talking about TTS, a lot of my... I, I only did exclusively one dayers for a long time. Um, and I ended up getting, like, yeah, 60 people one dayers, which then meant that we, we went to that bracket thing where we took the top 16 off and then did, like, a... Uh, you know, like a, a, a little finals thing afterwards, because that the fundamental thing, and I've only learned this from playing more and more Warhammer tournaments, is it's very hard to split the field with such a large one day, isn't it? And in that sense, you need to have a good pack, which has a a way to differentiate um, the the all the say how many I don't I'm not a math hammer player. How many three and O's would you get out of forty? You might have. Well, Four, so, five, in, so in this players all winning their in games. this particular event, you got five. I think that actually kind of leads on to an interesting conversation that like we had before, and I don't want to like. I think you and me can maybe do a show on this whole conversation, but I'll be quick about it. I personally think that when we're looking at these event results over the next few years, I think that it would be better for us to look at the brackets as opposed to the placings in some way. And what I mean by that is, if there are as an example, in this one-day event, you've got 40 people. That's great. Everyone's having a laugh. There were five people um, in the 3-0 and o bracket. You could have a huge 200-person event uh, or 150-person event in the future, and you might have three or four people go 5-0. and o. Now, to quote my friend Joe P, he'll never go to an event that's six games. Most Age of Sigmar players won't. So you need a way to differentiate them out. But I still think you deserve a shout-out for being in that bracket. 
And I think, and similarly, one of the things you and me talked about off air, if you guys go back and listen to the show last week, Soulblight Gravelords are dominating the 4 1 bracket. They're everywhere. They're top of the pile in a bunch of 3 0 events, and they're also just smashing it in that 4 um, 1 uh, bracket. They just pop up all the time. And it's always something a little bit different. Sometimes it's uh, you've got uh, a Vengori Lord and you've got Nagash. Sometimes, but sometimes it's not. We've seen Belladama and we've seen um, uh, Belladama and. Uh, Oh, not Yorick. That's a League of Legends champion. What's his name? Unleashed. Uh, uh, Radikar. Yeah, Radikar. Uh, and sometimes we've seen like that. So actually the 4-1 bracket and the 5-0 bracket or the 3-0 bracket are interesting brackets to look at. And I think there's a better way of looking at results. I'm not sure what you think of it. No, I agree. Definitely. Because uh, it can be one, you know, anyone who's, who's attended any reasonable amount of tournaments knows that it's a combination of... Uh, you know, luck, skill, judgment. There are some fine little minor things which 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 push somebody up to to win. In some packs, it may be sports or painting or whatever. Um, but then sitting below them, there might be a number of really you know really good armies, really good players who've had an excellent weekend, but just a tiny thing dropped them down. And to only concentrate on that 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 top winner, the headline, sometimes we're going to miss developing stories uh lower down also when you've got like something really dominant like zeech archeon taking out a lot of first places I was about to say that especially when the matter is incredibly stale i mean not that it is yes but in some situations no. I, you guys didn't have to do this i did the stat center during uh, uh um uh oh god sinesh's dominance wasn't a fun time people like tune in like hey rob uh sinesh i'm like yeah sinesh again lads they're like fuck <laughs> this fucking sucks <laughs> Anyway, so <laughs> let's talk about this, shall we? So Mini Paradise is an event over in Castle, Germany. They had 40 players, two dropped out, so it ended up being 38 players, which is still pretty huge, right? 38 players playing over in Germany. Uh, they've got another event in October as well for 60 players. They're going to have a two-dayer. Uh, we'll get some more information on that in the future. So if you are in Germany and you're hanging out around there, I'm not 100% certain where Castle is in Germany, um, but sounds like a great place. The interesting thing about this, so in, in our top bracket, so in our 3-0 bracket, we have five people. Two of those were Sons of Behemoth lists. So two Sons of Behemoth lists went 3-0. and uh, Now, the lists are available because we got the information slightly late. Uh, this is the one where I've got the least info, but I will be putting all of these lists on the Honest Wargamer website. Uh, so Ulf, Thiel, and Philip Fusel, um, they went 3-0. and They had Take a Tribe. Uh, and what's interesting, they were different, right? Ulf was running a Taker Tribe, and then Philip was running three Gatebreakers. So they mixed it up, and they did, they did, uh, they they mixed it up. Uh, the Zinch also went three and zero. We had a Zinch list, and this was Guild of Summoners uh, by Wolfgang Bongarts. Can't be a real name, just cannot. I was going to say, Rob, one of the things that I'm loving about this is uh, you having to pronounce all five of these German <laughs> names. Like I, I'm, I'm sure the chat are the same. All I'm here for. I don't actually care what armies they list, but you saying. Wolfgang Bonghartz, which sounds like a sort of leader of some kind of bong. Oh, maybe he, maybe he, he did the Bong Cloud Guild of Summoners. Um, uh, first I hope, he, I hope he did. He Bong Clouded it up. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> uh, so that was the Zinch Guild oh. of Summoners list, and then you had a Slaves to Darkness. Uh, this is Mortis Schultz. 
um, uh, Mermel, Mortis, Mormel, Schultz. Uh, he had Bellacore and Archeon in the Slaves to Darkness list, which I think is a combo we're going to see a lot. And again, I'll put these lists on the website after. Sorry, I'm not deep diving them. We are in the, for the other event lists. And then we had a KO go 3-0. and And actually, first instance I think we've seen of KO doing super, super well. Double Ironclad with Gotrek in there. Um, so this is Patrick Liu. Uh, so that's kind of one of those things to shout out about. And uh, the nice thing there is the variety. The variety. If you were going into a day two, that would be an interesting day two set of matches, right? Uh, with Sons of Behemoth maybe testing um, the KO list uh, and Gotrek, potentially. Uh, Bellacor and Archeon into Zinch. Interesting choices. But that would be a fun kind of setup into day two. This really also talks about... This really also points to being able to use the differential system if you wanted to separate out that bracket. So on the Honest Wargamer website, honestwargamer.com, uh, we've got the spite system, so the, the two-point differential system, which is used recently uh, by Colonel Cabbage at the London Open. I'm sure it'll be used again at the next London Open, um, and uh, I think it's going to be used generally all over the place. Um, and that would be a nice way to separate out the, that top five if you wanted to separate out the top five. Personally, I think that that's great right now, yeah? Yeah, I think... Um... Uh, the headline on that list, yeah, Double Ironclad and Gotrek. There, there is a general um, uh, sort of narrative around how KO do not operate in Age of Sigma 3.0 at all, um, and they need some serious surgery to some of their mechanics. But obviously, Patrick's made it work. I think, you know, you stick Gotrek in any order list, and he does provide a problem for your opponent that many lists can't deal with. So I think maybe... Gottrek uh, papers over the cracks of the KO book there. But um, yeah, props. Yeah, and you're right. It is nice that every week we talk and like 3.0 is such a, so many changes that um, there is an ever-changing meta um, and it's going to take a while to settle down. And in the meantime, there is lots of, you know, lots of different stuff on the top tables. Um, so I think that's good for the game in general, right? Yeah, I, yeah, really good, really good. And I think, like, so that was over in Germany. Uh, just to quickly talk about some other stuff, this Henning Wolf, I think, was the TO. If he wasn't the TO, he sent us the info, so thank you. And then our battle plans were Survival of the Fittest, Feral Foray, and Power Struggle. Um, is what we ended up uh, that ended up playing, which I think is interesting. Avoiding, I'm going to say it right now, Owen, I'm not sure about you in some of these packs, avoiding apex predators which has to be probably the playing into the dominant list meta uh, pick for um battle plans at the moment and i probably wouldn't choose it at the moment i've never played it i'll be honest with you i thought survival of the fittest was apex predators because it's got like a you choose predators in survival of the fittest that's yeah, right, yeah. Isn't it? you have three yeah i thought that that was the mission i was always thinking oh no it's quite fun that one i quite like that but no i don't even know what apex predators is so uh if you if if you say it's awful i respect your decision and um yeah i hope not to play it one thing i've noticed in your notes as well rob um they must have a good community going there because um it says that um They've got a 60-player uh, event coming up in October. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, vi a vibrant scene. Germany's wicked. They've got, the, they got the German Tabletop Championships every year. They've got, like, they've got a load of players over in Germany. Loads. Just like France and Spain. France and Spain also have huge communities. Italy's got like a growing community that's doing really well as well. So like Sweden's obviously, as we know, has got a huge community. Norway has like 30, 40 man events. Like uh, pre-COVID, they were starting to get up to those numbers pretty consistently. So uh, you... <laughs> Are you laughing at Diadrian? Yeah, I am laughing at Diadrian and also ignoring him in the chat as well. 
You're a brat. You're the worst brat, is what you are, Diadrian. Get out of here. He's a he's a brat first. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Uh, so yeah so more events that we can hear about in the future let us know but Sons of Behemoth Owen I think we're going to see them do generally really well in the in the one dayers and also pushing into uh, two day events I think we'll see them in full one bracket quite a lot because they're just a um, a classic uh, DPS check as an army they're the new do you know what they are they're the new Blight King spam as a list mm, yeah yeah, and Amulet of Destiny just is like to the moon, isn't it? Straight to the moon. Straight to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> there's, that, just, there's just uh, there's loads of uh, there's loads of people uh, buying Mr. T dolls off uh, mm. Amazon or wherever, uh, and then they're just taking all the chains off and they're just draping them over their sons of behemoths, yeah. and they're like, these are the amulets of destinies. Look at them. <laughs> just... <laughs> It, it makes me feel like, you know, sometimes when you work in an office and you'd go to press, like, I want one copy of that, and you have a little moment and you do, like, 1,111 copies of the piece of paper. It's like somebody in the Amulet of Destiny. They were like, right, we want to print five of these Amulet of Destinies. We want to create five. They're going to be a unique item that only certain characters throughout the mortal realms are going to be able to buy. And then they just went to, 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 to produce the amulets, and they just screwed it, and they just made, like, 50,000 of them. So they're just, like, everywhere. Because if you go to a tournament and a Sons of Behemoth Kraken Eater Mega Gargan doesn't have an Amulet of Destiny, um, yeah, I'll, I'll eat my hat. <laughs> Agreed. There's a great, great question, actually, from Arcane Ring in the chat. It says, how do you suggest gauging your army's DPS to see if you can handle Sons of Behemoth or other similar armies? Um, that's a great question. I'm not 100% certain. Like, like you, you know if you're building a DPS army, though, versus if you're building something else. I think that's in the list writing stage. Some lists aren't designed to kill. I think uh, a lot back on the Super Series, and I think about AD Max, um, a despoilers list for him is Slaves to Darkness. is Triple Corn Demon Prince, Bellacore, and a bunch of Marauders. The Marauders can do okay damage and never bring down a Mega Gargant, as we saw, because he played against Mega Gargants twice. But what he was able to do was control the board space, eventually bringing down a Mega Gargant over a couple of turns. Whereas 30 Fire Slayers, well, uh, a brick of 15 Fire Slayers, like Hearthguard Berserkers, they'll do it, right? Uh, so you just need to, mm -hmm. like, you just need to math it out, right? So they've got 35 or 40 wounds, the Mega Gargants, uh, and they'll either have the Enchanted Portcullis or they'll have the Amulet of Destiny, which will be a 5-up after damage save on top of that as well. So just ask yourself, can mm -hmm. you, against a 3-up save, because obviously they're going to use all-out defense, can you do those uh, more than 80 wounds, right? It's like uh, against a 4-up save. Uh, is and not not forgetting that if the opponent knows that you're going to go into that guy, uh, he could go for um, Super Tuesday and he could be on a two-up save with a five-up uh, ward save of 35 wounds. So there's not much that can get through that. One thing, one last note on this, Rob, is um, there was a conversation we had at the weekend between a few of the guys I was at the tournament with, and it doesn't feel quite right that the auto-kill effects, such as Hand of Dust, Slayer of Kings... You know, you can put another god in the sword, but you can't put a giant baby in the sword. <laughs> so, like, I do, th I do think that, like, yeah, a nappy-wearing monster should take something like, let's say, I think 3d6 mortal wounds rather than dying, not like d6. Because if you do one mortal wound from this, like, God-specific amazing ability that scares everybody else in the field, 
but a giant toddler just goes, hoo, hoo, one more wound, five up. Anyway, I don't that's, know. That's my I don't know. The older right I, the older I get, the more significant I think blind ignorance is in life. Uh, if I'm a hundred percent honest. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and Tevi Gay makes a really good point in the chat uh, to kind of answer Arcane Ring's question. If you can't kill it, stop it where it's going. I think I think that's a really solid point. Um, so yeah, uh, hey. and also another point from Tavi saying maybe it's just too much flesh to fit in the sword. Mm. It's like, yeah, no room at the inn, bruv. Sorry, <laughs> just can't fit that much, that much mega in. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, it's it's, uh, it's yeah. Um, no, I agree. Okay, so that was um, so that was the uh, um, oh god, uh, the list over in Germany. Now to fire over to I don't know where this was. So this is Game Night AOS tournament because it's taken from BCP. I don't know where it is in the world or any other information, but it's some information. So the list is in the chat for you guys right now. Uh, so this is, uh, there were three people in the 3-0 bracket. So you had a uh, Fire Slayers, you had Stormcast, and you had um, a host of the Everchosen, which was Seventh Circle. Um, hey, Shorty Paint Studios, I helped run it. Oh, nice. Where was it? <laughs> Please let me know. <laughs> um, that's fun. Uh, Defo space in the Gotrek sword. Okay, well, um, hopefully he's going to tell me in the chat. So the first one, so Owen, the a, a, the Stormcast list, which I think, oh, in London, Ontario. Fucking got it. Thanks, buddy. Uh, nailed it. So it's in Canada, uh, which is cool. Um, so Stormcast Eternals list, Yanastra, Lord Arcanum, Lord Imperitant, three times five Vindicators as battle line. And then I've seen this a couple of times now in different lists mm. at different one-day events. One of the things, Owen, we always used to look at 5-0 events all the time. I like looking at these little cheeky uh, one-day events because I reckon this is where a lot of the list tech gets initially developed. It's kind of like being, yes. it's like being like a mu- like a music guy going to like all those like shitty warehouse gigs, just being like, mm, yeah, maybe, maybe you guys maybe are the Maybe they stars. are the next Arctic yeah, Monkeys. Yeah, they are the next Arctic <laughs> Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> right uh and this is so again so uh, uh, three times five vindicators that the next arctic monkeys might be this six times one two three four five five sorry five times three units of annihilators those are the new stormcast models from dominion right so three times five annihilators and they've got some really interesting tech in, in the army um specifically when they land they pick a unit within 10 inches and on a three plus they take d3 mortal wounds do that five times you're probably going to get, what, three as a guarantee? So 3d3 mortal wounds at range is like a nice start. And then they get a re-rollable charge, and then they basically get impact hits like an ogre. Um, against one. Uh, if it's against a single model, it's on a six. But if it's not on a single model, it's on fours. And they've got a re-rollable charge. So you've got, potentially, again, a bunch of impact hits coming out of those as well, which I think is a really interesting take for a list. You can see where that damage got, yeah. yeah. I've got two things on that one, Rob, because now that you've talked about it, I know I've got a story from Twitter, which was um, Jordan Duncan, shout out Season of War, you know, Season of War Jordan. He played it and he said, I've just, he put on things, he was playing with his Lumineth and he took 35 mortal wounds before the combat phase. Oh yeah, so Shorty Paint Studios, who ran the event, is just talking to us in the chat, the Stormcast Eternal player got 36 mortal wounds in the Wardens before they charged. Yeah, that's the story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's wild, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, uh, thank you. It's each, and wild. also everyone's informed me it's each unit within ten inches. Apologies, each unit. So it's like a big AOE. Yeah, but it's five AOEs, so you're basically doing five mm. croaks. So a techless player being a bit salty about taking mortal wounds in an AOE. 
Is that Jordan? Is that Jordan? It's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't want to put words in his mouth. He wasn't salty. He was just commenting upon it because it's mad. But uh, yeah. Um, uh, also, Rob, I think that there's an ability when they drop down that if there's a character that makes them a seven inch, they drop down outside of seven. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the Lord Imperative. So yeah. So woo. Yeah, so everyone in the chat said it was bananas. So again, a 3-0 event. So it's not winning one of these big 100-person, 200-person 5-0s, but it's something definitely to talk about. I'm going to deep dive the list a little bit, although um, probably not like... Uh, uh, sorry, on another show. So I'm going to start doing a, a series of list review shows uh, in the future. Um, uh, but like, yeah, it's very, very impressive is what I'm trying to say. And then he's got Yanastra in as well. Uh, and Yanastra just fucks is what I'm going to say. So um, very interesting. Those Vindicators are pretty good. Ten wounds. Um, they're going to hold mm. objectives really nice. Really cheap as well. 140 points for five Vindicators. I think I think the the, the detraction from them is that it's five models on an objective as opposed to it being ten models with one wound. But, like, they fight well. They've got a great armor save. They're really solid. So I think that that's really interesting. Um, uh, but, yeah, anyway, right. really, really fascinating. So that's that's one of the lists that was at the weekend. And that's, again, up on the Honest Wargamer site already. Uh, now, next up, Shawnee Murray. Uh, that was Owen Schindel, by the way, who ran the Stormcast. Owen Schindel. So I should, I should say that. Uh, now, the next list that I'm going to talk about is there in the chat for everyone, if you guys want to open it up. Um, now, this is a Firesayers list. Now, this really made me think back to the faction reaction for the Firesayers we did with Richie. Um, it's still Hermdar, yeah? But don't worry, I'm not going to say Lords of Lodge. You can't say that anymore, right? Um, uh, and then, uh, <laughs> don't worry. So, Auric Runefather on Magmadroth, Auric Runesmiter, and he's got Curse, which I think is going to be really good for this army and then a battlesmith and then he's just used all of his um reinforcement points he's got two bricks of 15 hearthguard berserkers they're taken up the middle he's got a unit of 15, 10 volkite berserkers as well um and then got treks in the list as well with five auric hearthguard so he's got three huge threats and it's just gonna 100 percent um uh gonna just dominate like the the center objectives and it's gonna play really really well into primaries and I think this is just as good a list, maybe, as Age of Sigmar 2, Owen. I don't know what you think. Well, I played Hermdar with uh, Gottrek on Saturday. Um, I managed to eke out a draw, but it's, yeah, you've got to try and distract the Ginger Missile, I think. But it's um, even if they don't go twice, the fact that you can go with a CP, you can go with your Hearthguard, and then you can activate Gottrek before your opponent gets to go, that's still incredibly powerful. Or go first with a unit of Hearthguard and then go with the other unit. So rather than one unit going twice, you still get two activations before your opponent gets to go. Um, and, you know, smaller boards. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, wow, I just nice think it's what Habsbad said. It's just waddle at me harder, Fire Slayer Daddy. That's all it is. But once they're on those objectives and they're closer as well, you start center, you start closer to central objectives now in Age of Sigmar 3. Mm -hmm. So they're closer. And once they're on there, Good luck lifting 15 Hearthguard Berserkers without yeah. taking a bit of a bloody nose, right? Yeah, you need fast screens. I mean, what, as a bit of context in my game, I just ran five Death Riders in a line in front of his whole army to block him from getting on the objectives, tried to distract him with Nagash for a bit, and then held on for a draw while they just chewed through my whole army. Mm. Um, 125 points for five Hearthguard Berserkers is... Great very nice that's very good yeah. um 
because you know the minus one to wound bubble that comes off the general is still incredibly powerful um and you know without shooting it's hard to get to them you're often putting the 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 rune father on a magma droth so he's he's much more resilient and you can heal him back up again now so like losing that key tech piece um that's giving off the minus one to wound bubble and also the the four up um uh the dpr um yeah yeah um i think that the ginger lads have still got a lot of play especially when you slot in the missile um so yeah. i agree especially when you put the missile in that's what we call him now he's yeah. now just the missile the missile yeah, yeah. yeah. Who, by the way doesn't do like he does well in tournaments but generally doesn't win tournaments so far based on event results just as a, a throw in um uh, before anyone gets too triggered by him uh bin panzered in the chat is actually uh one of the player who's running the fire slayer list he said i chose fire slayers after seeing the missions posted so there you go uh, had some effect and also uh he got checked a few things yesterday now his list your list is on the website so on this wargamer.com if you want to do a write-up like write your own version of it and do a write-up of how your games went that would be awesome i encourage anyone who i mention in any of these things to go and write your list yourself on the site and and do a write-up uh mainly there's no advertising on the site i get no money from it It actually costs me money every year so like i get nothing from it but the community gets something from it if you write yourself up an article because then you can share it because it's like a blog that you can write yourself you can share it out to the world and people can read it and that should be really cool and if everyone's doing it it'll be a cool place for everyone to check things out right yeah and we're going to be using more and more as an asset for the stat center right we're going to be posting up those those bracket winning lists we're going to be posting up interesting lists that we find um so yeah if you want to know what's going on and, and if you want to go back because both you and i rob we are aware that we, we talk a lot and it's very information rich and sometimes people don't have the opportunity to go and look at those things so if you do uh hear about a list that you like on the honest walk uh, on this show uh, more than likely it's going to then be on on the site yeah yeah. So, more than, um, yeah 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 i'm even going to go back and try and put some of the other bracket lists on there as well uh but if you guys run them you should write them or if you've got a fun idea for a list write one up and put it on there uh, so we can talk about it uh now the final one in this 3-0 bracket at this event uh was this slave's darkness list uh right here so this is uh host the ever chosen six circle uh archeon uh, now he's got that Zinch uh, aura as well, which is going to give him the spell ignore, which is huge. So even more effect. Chaos Sorcerer Lord of Manticore, which is seen in a lot of lists. Again with Master of Magic and Amulet of Destiny, making him very, very solid uh, with Mask of Darkness. And then the Chaos Sorcerer Lord um, and Chaos Lord, so piling attack twice on Archeon is what you're going to be seeing there. Um, and then 10 Chaos Warriors, 5 Chaos Knights, and 3 Varangard with Chaos with the Mark of Zinch. Now we've seen... The Mark of Sinesh put on the, uh, these Varangard previously. We've actually seen a similar ish list as well run over in Australia where it was triple um, triple uh, Sinesh Varangard 3s, which was quite cool with the pile-in, uh, with the exploding 6s on all their attacks, which I thought was very cool. And obviously Chaos Lord is going to be able to make them pile and attack as well. So it's not just Archeon. You've got to kind of look out for all of those threats. Um, and I think that that's very good. Uh, and I think Saves the Darkness stonks are actually kind of up, to be honest, Owen. Um, I think because Archeon's obviously brilliant as well, but the Varangard got cheaper. Everything else went up, um, or they didn't go up points. One of those two. They either didn't go up points or they got cheaper in AOS 3, and they're very good. They're very, very good. So I think yeah. Saves the Darkness being pulled up uh, by those Marauders at the moment. And that was run by, let me just get this right, Zach Ahrens, or Zach Arens. I don't know how to say it, mm. Zach Ahrens, uh, and well done to him. So the, um, yeah, so a nice, diverse like top three, yeah. right? Um, Stormcast, Fire Slayers, host the ever chosen, and then at the other top bracket, Sons of Behemoth are in there, Zincher in there, a bunch of stuff. So some nice one dayers from around the world. 
Yeah, man. And um, one little note on the slaves. Uh, my sort of my little the thing that my where my brain goes straight away is Mark of Zinch gives you reroll ones to save, which is really hard to get. And I think overall, even though there are a few hits to the Sorcerer Lord and things like that, they're one of the only books that retained a reasonable amount of rerolls. Um, and the fact that if you collect the army, you can plug it into lots of different marks. So um, I think we've talked in the past. I don't think it's a first army for people because uh, it's quite complex. But um, if you do invest in slaves units, you're going to be able to use them in a multitude of different ways. So, um, yeah, definitely a, a second army, I'd say. And, um, yeah, cropping up everywhere, I think. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I agree. And Tomogen's just saying that they didn't go up, actually, uh, which means they basically, because there was about a 15% hike game-wide, so they basically got 15% cheaper, effectively, uh, which is pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good on a unit that yeah. was okay. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's all I've got from around the world, Owen. Uh, but nice mix of stuff, right, with a cheeky cheeky kind of the next arctic monkeys in there yeah man the arctic annihilators yeah the... <laughs> uh, i mean and also like people are going to have those models right people are buying dominion boxes and they're snapping up i think like um the people splitting up and and um you know uh selling off the bits of the dominion box that they don't want yeah, the other half um, i think yeah you're going to be able to get your hands on, on on those relatively easily um so yeah um, I've got to talk for a while now, haven't I, Rob? Because it's the UK. It's all you on can, you, baby. You can, um, yikes. I mean, and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll rattle through. So, um, yeah, we had three events in the UK this weekend that I was aware of. Again, if you are running regular events or there's something I've missed, get in touch with me on Twitter or, or, or whatever and, um, and let me know uh, of your events. But what I'm aware of, uh, we've got three events. So Pompey Pillage is a regular on the scene. I'm not sure how many years it's been run for, but it is, um, it is, uh, it is a regular down on the South Coast. So this is um, run by um, uh, Paul Marshallsea. Um, it's at the Horndean Technical College. I think that's the same venue for South Coast GT, the Horndean, um, down in Portsmouth. Uh, they had 20 players, um, and it was, yeah, five rounds and, and a two-day event. So um, lots of pictures, some really good hobby. I think um, uh, Matt Lyons, pro-painted, took out the painting with his, his Bitter Claw Raiders. With you know, his, the, 3D uh, print, his 3D crabs. printed Ogre Army. Yeah, it's amazing. So the 3D prints all yeah, from Titanforge, and he's got the, the big crab, basically pirates, ogres. They look amazing. A huge fan of Matt's yeah, army. I yeah. think it's phenomenal. Um, so yeah, loads of Rickard hobby on. And um, in terms of the gaming, um, the winner and the only player not to drop a game, I believe it was three major wins and two minors, um, is uh, Steve Phillips with uh, a Seraphon Thunder Lizard list. Um, very monster heavy. Um, it is up on the Honest Wargamer site. Um, perhaps while I'm rambling, Rob, you might be able to chuck a link sure. in while I... Man, this is like such an information-rich morning, isn't it? I find I need a little lie down after the stats. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, putting it all together is a lot. Like one of the things that's why I want to start doing list shows off the back of it because I think, like we said, mm. we all we do, like sometimes we're just giving information out like a lot, and it's like okay, let's actually break it down. Like the guys in the chat are doing at the moment. Um, uh, I'll go find these lists in a second, Owen. Give me a second. Yeah, I've got it in front, so I can I can reel it off. But um, it, they are in there. Um, so it's uh, Thunder Lizard. Um, his grand strategy was Beastmaster, which is a bit of a no-brainer. Um, and uh, in the leader slots, he had a Saurus Scarvet on Carnosaur, who's the general, with the two uh, tax 
items, so Prime War Beast Fusel of Conflagration, uh, Slan Starmaster with Itchy Grubs and Stellar Tempest, an Engine of the Gods, an Astrolith Bearer, and a Skink Priest with Heal. Um, and then his battle line were two units of five knights with lances, uh, a Stegodon with a Sky Streak Bow because it's battle line in Thunder Lizard, and then two Bastilladons with Solar Engines and the Emerald Life Swarm. So monsters for days, right? I mean, that's that's probably how GW envisioned a Thunder Lizard list looking, right? Uh, yeah. You know, we've got yeah, yeah, and he's got like he's like uh, he's committed pretty heavily. He's got four monsters, right? So like he's potentially giving up those four monster points, but he's also giving himself a bunch of options. You can't argue with that Sky Streak bow. Potentially nine damage coming out of that from a from a pretty standalone piece, the Stegodon. Works really well with all-out attack um, because it doesn't hit super well. So plus one to hit is going to work really nicely on it. Uh, interestingly, they didn't have the time to get the Skink, uh, Skink Chief on Stegodon for a few extra cheeky points um, on top. Mm. Uh, just because um, that way you obviously would be able to use their Finest Hour as well. Um, then you can plus one to wound and you can combo that uh, a little bit because it's the same weapon loadout effectively, but it is a big points difference, I guess. Um, the Saurus Knights for holding objectives, but it's a lot of damage at range. Uh, and the scar, the the scar vet um, could do some pretty solid work as well in combat. Like it's nice. Like the interesting thing about um, the the Seraphon army still. Uh, thanks, get hooked for resubscribing and everyone for subscribing today. That we don't talk about enough is that you basically probably don't have characters after like maybe turn two or three. Like you've got the shrine for blowing up pieces of terrain and doing some mortal wound chip damage and maybe killing a character or two. And then you've just got fucking Comet's Call, which is just brilliant. Like, if yeah. you've got, like, a five-wound character, it's most likely they're not making it through, like, turn two. Like... Yeah. Or, you know, like... And, and, and even then, Rob, if, if you're not killing it, you're forcing your opponent to try and heal, which means they're not going for that extra CP, so you're limiting their options, you know, to buff their own stuff. Um, also, there's some cute tech in there in that he's got obviously three sources of healing. So he's got the heal on the, the prayer from the priest, the life swarm double taps. So he's going to be able to keep stuff topped up. Um, and then a nice pick I see is that he's put both the Bastilladons in the Alpha Beast pack. So he's going to get a D6 pregame move. Um, so, you know, it's going to extend the range of those Basties even more. Um, yeah. So it's the kind of list that deploying against it, you're going to have to deploy quite defensively if you want to if you want to protect your characters. Yeah, right? Seraph Seraphon just been like jealous watching all those uh, host Arcanum Zinch lists do it for all of last edition. Now they're like, oh, me too, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and now they're moving those Bastilodons up. Gives them a pretty good effective range as well. Yeah, super scary. So normally they've got a five inch move and a twenty four inch shot. And on smaller boards, I mean, the board is actually, it's what, 44? Yeah. Uh, so you're at 29, and if you roll like a four, you've got a 33-inch threat range. So you're pushing your opponent's army right back if you want to protect your characters. And also engine, you know, you think to yourself, you know, coalesce, don't summon, but engine of the gods, you double tap that with the CP. You know, you might get some Saurus warriors, which is going to give you some bodies. Um, I, can, I can see why he did well with that, definitely. And you're reducing damage down by one. 
Like it's just really solid. Oh yeah, that's the thing we always forget. That really, really amazing allegiance ability. <laughs> that's very useful. Also, just life swarm in there as well, as well as the universal prayer uh, heal. He's got like a lot mm. of potential healing. That don't forget, you can double tap life swarm, uh, so healing two d three into Bastillon or into this, uh, the 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 Sora Scarvet on Carnosaur, who's going to be in the fight. Um, could really give him some options, right? Yeah, and props to Tavi in the chat. He's he knows his Seraphon. Um, obviously, you can give uh, run and shoot uh, with um, one of the little silly little lizards that sits in the back and flicks the V's at you. Um, yeah, you, so you know you've got an over forty inch threat range. So basically, nothing is safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So solid. So that was Steve Phillips, uh, the only player not to drop a game um, in second place. I've been saying it for ages, man. Nurgle, strong. So uh, Martin Clark went uh, went three wins, one draw, one loss with a Munificent Wanderer's Nurgle list. Um, and then um, Anthony Kirby uh, with a really beautiful um, Sons of Bayamat list, a Taker Tribe list. Um, he actually won four games and only lost one, but be because of the uh, several of the wins were minors, I believe. So uh, he ended up in third. Okay. Um, so yeah. Seraphon, Nurgle, and Sons with the ascendant armies there. Um, yeah, uh, and, and that was that was Pompey Pillage. Amazing, amazing. That sounds fun. Twenty players, right? Yeah, twenty players. Um, I'm not sure if they were limited at all with COVID stuff, um, but um, yeah, it, the st- I did see some videos, and yeah, it, everyone seemed to be having a wicked time. Good, good. Um, so. We can go from Portsmouth in the south of, of England all the way up to, well, not all the way, but up north to Leeds. Um, so this is um, Leodis Games. They put on a monthly Age of Sigmar tournament. So this was 14 players. Um, and the TO there is um, Simon Burdett. So thanks to Simon for reaching out and giving me the results. Um, and um, yes, we only had one person in the 3-0 bracket, yep. Rob. And it was um, David Nemeth. With a uh, disciples of siege, host Arcanum. Yes, Archaon. Ah, okay, I've um, seen this before, but not. Yeah, man, I don't. I don't know if you've heard. Actually, it's it's quite. But he didn't take Kairos with it. He hasn't gone for the Kairos build. No, he's gone for. The summoning build. It's got yeah the insane summoning engine. Even so far as he's put the arcane tome on a chaos lord on foot, so that he gets two spells. Very good, fucking very good. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know what? I was reading through the list and I was like, oh, he's got all of these heroes and how come he's still got room for pinks? And it's like, ah, yes, because um, K-Bob isn't yeah. there. Uh, Kairos. Kairos. But he still put Umbral Spawnpaw in, um, just showing the power yep. of that reach out and Chronomantic Cogs. Just in case you guys don't know, just to help, what we mean by the summoning build is normally you see Archeon, who is in this list, with Kairos and it's just a huge control deck. Um, we saw Fabian do so well with it last uh, um, uh, at Kudin Kai's last week. Go five zero. He's Fabian's actually playing this weekend at the Super Series event uh, this Saturday uh, with the Banjo at six thirty tonight. So <laughs> I wonder if the opposing team are going to be trying to shut that down. But by the summoning build, what we mean is because of Cogs, each wizard is able to cast an additional spell. And then, if you cast a spell successfully in Zinch, you get a fate point, which generates you a summoning point. A fate point is a summoning point, and like it only, it's only 10 fate points uh, to summon 10 blue horrors, 12 for like an Exalted Flamer, 20 for another unit of pinks. Um, and you could reliably probably be getting a unit of pinks out every two turns. Maybe 
if you if your opponent's casting a few spells as well, um, you could even get some pinks in a turn with a with a good summoning list because he's got a lot of spells here. Yeah. Hey, Rob, I've just noticed my my Mac is about to die, so I'm going to run this uh, and get my charger. Oh, nice. Such a pro. If you, I'll read um, it out. You could, I'll yeah, read it out. I'll carry it. Could on. you explain how obnoxious cogs are and why they should be banned in Zinch? <laughs> and I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, Cogs, as I said, they give you plus one cast to everyone. But I'll, I'll throw through the list. Change Caster, who's the general. Um, so he's got the Spell Hunters, which is a, an unbind ones, three, and five. Uh, it turns one, three, and five. Blue Scribes uh, with full reality. And he's got um, uh, Archeon, obviously, with Shield of Fate and Infusion Arcanum. Infusion Arcanum, plus one to hit, plus one to wound. Shield of Fate is re-rolls based on how many Destiny dice you've got left. Then you've got Chaos Sorcerer Lord with Glimpse of Future and Arcane Suggestion, which means it's going to generate an extra uh, Destiny dice. And then he's also got a Chaos Sorcerer Lord with Ghost Mist, Universal Spell Law, uh, because at this point he's just running out of spells, which is give a unit fly. And then Law of Fate, which is Bolt of Zinch, which is a great spell. D6 Mortal Wounds. And Chaos Sorcerer Lord, as Owen said, with the Arcane Tome, um, with the um, Mark of... Uh, so with Flaming Weapon and Levitate, uh, so to give himself uh, a kick-ass Chaos Sorcerer Lord as well. And he's gone for double Warlord Battalions because specifically the thing you really, really need in this build is you need to be able to take the spell enhancement so you can double on your spells. So there's a lot of spells there. Hey, yeah, man. man. I mean, that layering of like one enhancement gives all of your wizards an extra spell and then 45 points means that they can all cast that extra spell. You basically doubled the fate points. For the army because you found remember when we played and you were like oh have i got any more spells you know because you're basically looking for more things to cast you know with your eight arms change caster just going mental <laughs> um so uh yeah i mean i don't want it to be the age of sigma salt center uh but um the way that some of the new rules and the enhanced you, know, you talk about making the good things better definitely zinch have uh you know they've 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 stayed very much at the top, haven't they? Yeah. Um, with with some of the three three changes. Yeah. Excuse yeah. me. They're they're really good. It's really solid. Really solid list. Archeon in Zinch, really really good. Uh, there's definitely two Archeon in Zinch builds. There's the summoning variant versus the more control deck Kairos variant. Um, this is another one that's gone three and zero, and I'm sure I'm sure we're going to see it more in the future as well. Uh, depending on whether or not your events allow you to use your rules, or they decide you can't have rules. It's your choice. Um, you can mix it up as as, as you see fit, <laughs> depending on your event. Yeah. Yes. Um, then uh, runner up, we were talking about it. We have mentioned it. Um, Soul Blight list uh, was the top of the two wins and one loss bracket. Um, as uh, David's host Arcanum was the only uh, three wins. Um, so this is James Clark with the Soul Blight list uh, playing Legion of Night. Not something we've. Um, We've talked about a great deal. Um, I can get that list up, actually. Let's have a very, very quick look at this one. Why not? Here we go. I've got it here. Ba -ba -ba. Hold the line caller. So, yeah, this is James Clark. Uh, so, Soul Blight, Gravelords, Legion of Night, Prize Sorcery. On a note, Rob, if you ever see somebody who isn't running Prize Sorcery or Beastmaster as their grand strategy, I think that's an immediate sports vote, even though they're the biggest dickhead in the room. <laughs> They're going to get my sports vote for not running that strategy because are there any others? I don't even know what the other ones are. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so his list is Manfred von Karstein with pinions, a coven throne with flaming weapon, uh, a necromancer uh, with the arcane tome, 
Um, and another necromancer with Morbeg's claw, um, 30 skeletons, 10 skeletons, three vargeists, 20 graveguard, 20 graveguard, look out people, 20 graveguard, uh, that's what I'm saying, five blood knights, uh, and a corpse cart with the balefire brazier. Nice. Um, nice list, nice list. Yeah, and what, what, yeah, like what was the dynasty? Was it in... Uh, in Legion of Night. Oh, okay. So that's the deep striking one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, interesting. Those Graveguard are going to do some solid work in the game. Like, solid work. Like, in, in a time when we haven't... Like, Hearthguard Berserkers are a good example where we've really seen um, them take, a, like, a kind of, like, a scalpel or a hammer to, like, large infantry bricks, bricks that do solid work. There aren't many elite infantry bricks left in the game like even if you think about brutes which are brilliant two bricks a brick of 10 brutes will do some solid solid work uh, with a war chanter buff um but like those grave guards 30 grave guard when they're buffed up when you can stick them the buffs they are gonna do mighty things um so yeah very like they're, they're one of the the standout units they kind of almost antith like the antithesis of like phoenix gardens away you know, where the Phoenix Guard are going to tank it and do some moderate damage. Mm. These guys are not going to tank that much, but they're going to do some pretty significant damage. Uh, so big, big fan of the Grave Guard. Yeah. Yeah, I would say everybody who thinks like, ooh, why is that then? Go and have a look at their War Scroll. They may only have a four-inch move, but put those great white blades on. Um, and they were, you know, maybe put them in. I like them in uh, Vicross for the plus one to wound. Uh, and they're solid AF. And, and um, which is the another thing to note, Rob. Oh, I only... you. Sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. That was you were going to say it was one of the lists we saw. I think in America that did really well. Yeah, right? and is the overlapping buffs like Radicar and also Belladama also able to add additional like pluses to attack or exploding sixes, all from different sources as well. So it's not just those command ability stacking, which can't really do anymore. Spells plus general abilities, auras, even Manfred. Uh, you could do some really solid work with that Brick of Graveguard if you wanted to with those support characters. No, yeah. it's um, And um, the last thing to note is that I had an epiphany this weekend, Rob. Oh, yeah. uh, maybe it wasn't an epiphany. Maybe it was just being told by a Soul Blight player and go like, oh, but skeletons uh, regenerate when they activate. Yep. So if you put Van Hells on them, they activate, they regenerate twice. Every time they go, yeah. So, cool. like, everyone's talking a lot about zombies, but I think skellies are excellent as well. Um, and it looks like a proper undead army, doesn't it? So, yeah, I like, I like, I like soul black gravelord a lot. Same. Um, and then finally, uh, we had Dan Quirk with a slaves to darkness list, um, which is host of the ever chosen. He was another one on the two one bracket, and he came in third. I probably. I'd imagine it's an Archaeon list in hosts, but let's not be too presumptuous. Uh, oh, that's interesting. How's that? He went 3-0, and but only came third. Soft scores, maybe? Okay. Maybe. Anyway, let's have a very quick look. Archaeon, Marcus Inch again. Chaos Lord on Manticore. Chaos Lord on Foot. Ten Warriors. Two times three Varangard in Battle Regiment. So one drop. Prize sorcery, yeah. Insert Archeon and Prosper. Yeah, amazing. So, yeah, good, good. Yeah, solid, solid, solid. Um, and then the last one. Um, we this is the Age of Styles. So this was the Bucks tournament. Um, Tio was uh, Laurie. Laurie Hug It Wild. 
and um, this was fun of the show. 20. We had a few fun of the show. We had a few drops, but uh, ended up being 14 players. Um, and it was a really, yeah, I attended, it was wonderful. You know, there was just a really nice group of people to spend a weekend with, play Lovely. Warhammer, chat, shoot the breeze. Um, and there were some good quality um, lists and, and players there. Um, Mike Stewart was there. He's been doing really well with his um, his Fire Slayers. And also, his. Uh, I think he did really well at Carnage. He was on top table at Carnage. Um, but yeah, overall, it was just, you know, I'm not part of the club, but I got invited in. And um, yeah, I was made welcome and it was awesome. Um, loads of really good hobby and stuff. And yeah, big props to Darren. Uh, who, who hosted so in terms of uh winners and losers um it was the sons of Bayamat ran by steve curtis now i was disappointed that he wasn't running a death army i think most people were surprised that he wasn't running a death Did, army has he, has he modeled uh, them as because he's pretty good like uh like uh like uh, he's an excellent hobbyist that's the yeah, word yeah, I'm looking yeah. for. excellent hobbyist has he done them as a death death gargants well, no, they were actually his brother's army because he's painting a death army, uh, but to a very high standard. So he's he wasn't able to get it ready in time. So he uh, he bought the fatties. He bought the big lads. And um, yeah, he got four wins, a draw and a loss with a taker tribe list, which again is um, is on the um, is on the honest. And linked in the website. chat right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, it was a very combat meta um so you know those sons with take a tribe you know you walk onto the objectives and you know you count as 30 the little guys count as um as 15 it's really really hard to shift um he was to well, we had a chat and he had a, actually had a mirror match and literally in a sons of bear map mirror match it's whoever goes first because you walk on and you immediately score and you all the hold. objectives and then your opponent yeah and you hold and your opponent can't take you off um so he the one draw was actually a top table draw against Laurie's list um uh, but yeah no losses there um and i believe he played into quite a lot of other combat armies and was able to to tank and hold i think the fire slayers in his game five was his his uh closest match um because obviously as you touched on earlier rob they do have the output to kill megas in fast enough time to then be able to score the points um yeah they played uh the vice was round five and the megas are giving up vps um, and the vice players yeah. aren't yes that's true yeah yeah that, that 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 does come into it as well you know but you know again talking about grand strategies you know sons of bear with beastmaster you've got to kill all of them so let alone can you kill enough of them to win on the points to deny them their grand strategy which is that clutch three points you've got to kill all of them really difficult right um, yeah yeah 100%. i'm not sure the list itself yeah. is uh, a Gatebreaker Mega, a Kraken Eater Mega, a War Stomper Mega, so it's the triple, uh, all in Taker Tribe, uh, and then three Wands of Man Crushers uh, for some nice board control and also for grabbing objectives. Um, so yeah, just uh, like you say, like they're probably never given up their grand strategy, which is an auto three points. Uh, they're achieving battle tactics, some which other people can't achieve uh, with their Megas, so they're kind of on top. It's really whether or not, and it's a big DPS check army. I really expect this army to do very well in Age of Sigmar yeah. 3, like very, very well. Also, like 
you aren't spending tons of time on micro moving your army around so you've got a lot more resources just to be thinking about like you're not over like thinking a hero phase so like you know you'll see some some like uh like you'll pick an army and they'll spend a, quite a while in the hero phase just working out the order of how they're going to do stuff thanks hamsman for donating a gift subscription by the way thanks archeon's chosen for resubscribing but then they've got less time to think about the movement phase the mega gargant players are like lol move my stuff done yeah eat a rice cake or whatever they do um you know or a ham shank that they brought with them in a pocket or you know any of those things a greg's pasty that they've just buried in their shirt top pocket uh, <laughs> and they've got loads of time and I, I really expect them to do well in this edition they've got all the sort of tools to do well in this edition yeah yeah and i think on that point as well rob um also like steve's I watched quite a bit of sport yeah, Steve's a great player, and he did play a couple of mirrors against better lists. You know, Double Gatebreaker is a better list than his, but he was able to to get the win through his um, his knowledge and also winning the roll-off to go first in one of the games. I think <laughs> you got to be good and be well. lucky. Yeah, or be good <laughs> and be lucky. Yeah, yeah, man. He's got it on his shirt, man. Roll sixes, baby. Um, <laughs> but nah, so he he definitely um, he, he, he earned it. He, and he took out the tournament on strength of schedule. I think actually on extended strength of schedule. Um, which was the which what's is what separate them out but just going back quickly to your point rob about um you know about the that you haven't got too many decisions to make you know i watch a lot of sport and when you watch like a football tournament and you're thinking oh yeah we we drew them in the next round and they played all the way through to extra time and the players are going to be exhausted i think that sons of bear players are probably going to be quite meant they're not going to have the mental drain on game five that somebody who's pushing around 100 models or 150 models is going to have right so i think that you can be quite fresh going into those later rounds um potentially that might be complete horseshit but yeah. i just thought of it then so i thought i'd say it um yeah. you know like you haven't you've not got too many decisions to make um then the runner-up, and as I say, only separated by um, strength of schedule, um, was um, was yeah, was Laurie with uh, Slaves to Darkness, host of the Ever Chosen. So this is the one whereby you're um, you're able to roll, and you know uh, who's going to be getting the next turn. Um, so yeah, even though he got drawn into Bellacore in round five, um, you know, even shutting down uh, Archeon for a turn or two turns. Um, Laurie was able to get the win there. He had a block of 30 Marauders that were Mask of Darkness teleporting. And uh, I think in that uh, uh, sub-faction, the whole army's Battleshock immune, which is really strong. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the, there was a, a Chaos Lord on foot, who I think is really good. Yeah, Dark Prophecy. Thanks, Tom Megan's in the chat. Um, I think the Chaos Lord on foot, the old, the old argument was always that um, he's too slow to keep up with Archeon. Yep. But now with the abundance of CP, you can always auto six run him without not having this. You know, you've, you've still got CP to do the other stuff you want to do. So he, he is going to be piling in and attacking twice more uh, in that slaves build, um, which so, you know, you can more you can you can have a corn Archeon level of output, but sticking within the slaves book and all the good stuff that that brings you. Um, so, yeah, there was a war shrine in there, a Sork Lord. Uh, three Varangard. Uh, Varangard coming up everywhere, man. Like, they're really good for 280, really I think. Really good for 280. Um, and then in third place, some scrub came in third who decided to push bloody Bone Reapers around again. Owen, you got, got a little lucky. trophy. 
I did get a little trophy. I don't know. It's, it's somewhere. But yeah, I took my Bone Reapers. I won't bollock on because it would be a bit glib if I just rattle on about my games or whatever. But um, I I did a, a sub. I lost my first game into Gargants because I couldn't kill them quick enough. Um, but I took um, my favourite model in the game at the moment, Mia Kanan and his yeah. Reapers, the Underworld's Warband. Love you, Mia. Mia You've McCoy. got it, Mia. Um, oh, he's just the best. He's just the best. And so many players kept coming up going, God, that model's amazing. Like, he's genuinely... We were saying that if he walked into the OBR arms, you'd have all your Mortec guard who are, like, six foot tall. He's, like, fucking 12 foot tall. They would clear the bar. He could order anything he wanted. The music would stop, and he'd be like, Mia's in town. He's got his big axe, and you're not going to fuck with him. Um, sorry if kids are watching, but he just gets me all frothy. Um, so, yeah, I had him, Mia Kanan... Two blocks of 20 more tech, five Death Riders, Umbral Spell Portal, and uh, Burning Head. So I was doing the obnoxious thing where I can damage myself after I've cast the spell, teleport anywhere on the board, and then I can move in. So people have to screen out for that, and they also have to screen out for 24-inch Hand of Dust. Um, so over the weekend, because I like this sort of thing, uh, he Hand of Dusted all on full wounds. He Hand of Dusted... Uh, Terrorgeist and Manfred in one game. Nice. Uh, he terror. He then he took off uh, Frostlord on Stonehorn General on turn one uh, on the Sunday morning, and then uh, Megaboss on Moorcrusher, uh, who failed his four-up weird and save after he'd been charged by him on the previous turn. So Nagash tanked Kragnos for two turns, and a Megaboss on Moorcrusher. I hand of dusted off the Moorcrusher, and then chopped Kragnos's head off in combat. Uh, and I, um, yeah, three wins, one draw, one loss. Um, and I had a wonderful time. And um, I even made a charge after I was redeployed against Rob. Joy. Uh, the joy. Yeah, that was the joy. Yeah, man. With no rerolls, just yeah. the joy of everyone. Yeah. Colonel Cabbage, Petrifex Nagash is silly. I know, but the rest of the army doesn't play AOS 3, so let me have my fun. The trick with it is, Rob, what I did was. If somebody screens their whole army out and then uh, and then they what Jack did and I had a brilliant game with Jack in my last game. Um, he I kept he kept nudging forward a tiny bit and then he left a gap in behind uh, Kragnos. And my fear with Kragnos, if you've got a monster with Kragnos like that charge thing is horrible, isn't it? You know, the, the 2d6 and you Could can wipe out something, yeah. more wounds. Yeah, that scared the hell out of me. So because he was screening with some bolt boys. I knew that if I got in behind him, if he redeployed, he hit the back of his own screen yep. if I jumped in behind. So when he, he wasn't able to redeploy, so I um, I went in and, uh, and, and yeah, had fun. So, yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, I had a great time pushing around the gash. Uh, he's, you know, some relationships don't last as long as you think they're going to do. <laughs> but the gash is for life. <laughs> Hey, Pete. Look at him. Yeah, he's uh, he's very, very good, and arguably even better in Soul Black Grave Lords. Arguably even better in Soul Black Grave Lords. So, wash your mouth. Uh, wash your mouth. Out. You're right, but wash your mouth. <laughs> Might be one of the things we've seen. Okay, well, a good day, right? Like a nice mix of stuff. Very different from last week. Last week we couldn't stop talking about Zinc Jarkion, um, and we haven't had to face that this week. A lot of one dayers. Um, and some of those t- day is not particularly massive. Doesn't mean the Zinch Archeon threat isn't around. 
Um, nor is the Marathi Bow Snakes uh, threat still there because they definitely are all there. But it's nice seeing some of these others. Uh, also, it's still a few weeks until we even see the pre-order for Stormcast Eternals. So that kind of Annihilator list is still like an interesting take. And if they maintain the same rules in the book with a good sub-allegiance, um, and if they maintain those same points, those Annihilators could really be like the, the, the drop more wound spam because there's very little you can do to stop mm. it, right? Yeah, if I was to play it, I would play Gardas, and he would drop down as well, and I would pretend that because he's doing that fist slam on the ground, that's what's doing all the mortal wounds right, because that should do something. It, it doesn't. Is it plus one bravery? It's plus one bravery or something, isn't it? Like, it's literally a meme. Anyway, um, I just want to shout out um, Kragnos Fanboy in the chat. I, that must be Jack, so thanks again for the game, Jack. I had a wicked time. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, great to see some different stuff. And you're right, we haven't said the word Marathi or Bow Snake until you brought it up. So um, avoided it. That was nice. Avoided it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like really good. And and just a fun weekend. So thanks to everyone who played over the weekend at all of the events around the world. Uh, we've got so we've got upcoming events though. Uh, that's next on our list, right? Yes. Oh shit. Yeah, I thought we were done. Yes, just a of quick one. We uh, up. Yeah. Well, there's something coming up. This weekend, isn't there, Rob? Super Series. I've enough. What's coming up this weekend? So, yeah, Super Series. Uh, we've got a Super Series match this weekend. So, two teams of six. Normally, a Super Series match is two teams of four. But Genesis, the Super Series event we ran previously, if you don't know what that is, go and look at the T-Sports Network, um, uh, is a... Uh, were four man events, but um, had a really good chat. There's a blog post up if you guys want to go check out on the tsportsnetwork.com um, where you can go and re read about kind of my thoughts. Had a good chat with uh, Tony Moore and Tom Morsley when they were playing in the Marauders team about running a six man. So we're doing a tester just this weekend. It's just a test. It's not any qualifiers or anything else. It's just a test. Dragon Slayers versus the South London Legion. Owen's in the South London Legion. Dragon Slayers, as we know, did so well in the Super Series. Unfortunate not to have taken it out. Uh, loses the Bad Moon Loon. So we're going to be running uh, live stream coverage all this Saturday. I've got a great live stream crew. Uh, crew. Got Dan, Math, Mallow, Matt, uh, and Adam's going to be joining me in the booth. So that's all of Saturday. Uh, and it's going to be three rounds of Age of Sigmar 3 um, uh, Warhammer. Now, the band show is tonight. That's going to be really interesting leading into, like, you know, the start of a new edition, what we're going to see banned. Um, so it's going to be very, very <laughs> winner, Dave, in the chat uh, from, yeah, I know. from Legio. I think some of my opponents from the weekend would agree with him as well, to be oh, fair. Oh, is Dave there? <laughs> Dave, no. Dave was, Dave, I think Dave experienced Team Wales Dice at the Super Series, and then most of my opponents from the weekend experienced the joy of me going, all right then, so just double dragons to deny you your battle tactic then. Yeah. Look at that, double dragons. Sweet. Yeah, 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 so, like, so, so yeah, so the, uh, Dave's amazing, by the way. Love Dave. Uh, the, um, uh, yeah, so the band shows tonight is 6.30 B, uh, BST, so that's going to be on uh, tsportsnetwork.com, uh, tsportsnetwork Twitch, so go watch on that. Um, uh, yeah, and then this Saturday. And then we're also going to be doing live coverage on Sunday. We've got a 16-man event here in the TSN Arena, just a singles event called Hammerstorm. So we're also going to be doing coverage of that. So two, uh, a whole weekend of Age of Sigmar 3 live coverage, which is very exciting. Haven't had a chance to live cover a game of Age of Sigmar 3 yet. So uh, very much looking forward to talking battle tactics, grand strategies, kind of breaking it down a little bit, how we feel the games are going to go, um, if we think the tempo is going to change up. Uh, it's, it's an exciting time. So that's going to be this Saturday, which I'm looking forward to a lot. Hey, Jay for Jackson, thanks for donating some gift subscriptions in the chat. What up? Uh, big love to you. Um, uh, yeah, so that's this weekend. What else is coming up, Owen? Um, if I'm not mistaken, this weekend, the Danish guys have got the Battle of Copenhagen, and we've been 
signposting it for time. And I think that there's only a week to go now. Well, just under two weeks to go uh, for NashCon on the 21st of August. Yep. So um, I think Bud uh, is going down. I'm not sure if any, I don't, I don't know if Mamdeh, uh, Dayton from Party of the All Points and, and Bud from Party of the All Points are going um, and obviously, I think David Griffin's the TO there, and they have amazing tables. Um, yeah, sorry if I haven't shouted at anybody else that's going, but I know that lots of the Australian, sorry, Australian, I'm tired, American and Canadian uh, communities are all going to NashCon. Uh, so that's a, that's going to be a big one. Um, and um, yeah, I'll be interested to see what those lists are. Um, and then there's, yeah, me a, too. there's one that you've got a... Uh, a steer on is the Gerish onset in Germany. That must be the 60 person event then, right? Yeah. Yeah. There are also four events happening in the U S this weekend, actually. I mean, um, uh, so I'm just going to get these big shout out to Joe cry for sending me the hot info on these. Uh, so we've got old town Throwdown. We've got flying monkey con, uh, summer slaughter GT. And of course there's games workshops. First U S major in florida one of the covid hotspots in the world right now um uh so uh the but that's going to be a really major one they've got an agency more and 40k event happening in that florida event uh so i think that's i don't know what the numbers are because obviously they won't put it out um but it's some sort of uh, uh i don't know what the numbers i don't know what the numbers are sorry tom Tom, uh, I'm I'm reading Rob's notes on that one. So the Gerish onset isn't in Germany, Rob. It's in uh, the Netherlands. Thank you. Um, Appreciate you. Apologize. Yeah. yeah. I'll also love you too, Rob. So <laughs> but hey, man, that's a lot. It's a lot of information we have to try and cram in uh, on a Monday morning, isn't it? So um, you know, we might get the odd thing wrong, but you know, uh, we it's all done with love and it's all done for free as well, right? So. Um, Apologies. Yeah, no. Uh, and big shout out to uh, Musaka Koala says there's a one day against Workshop Champion short in business this weekend. Send us all the information. Again, there's an email. It's there on the screen. I'll include it in the show notes. Uh, if you've got events you want to put on the calendar, put it in there. Email it all so that, that like so we get it Sunday night, Monday morning, so we can unpack it and start talking about it because we'd love to know about it. If you guys are out there and want to help with any of that, uh, get in touch and uh, that'll be sweet as well. Owen, good day. I'm feeling really excited about the band show tonight, and I'm looking forward to some Age of Sigma because I still think like the game, the meta is still evolving so much. Of course, Zinch Archeon is really good. Of course, Marathi Bow Snakes are good, but some Annihilator lists just coming out from the, the woodwork. Lone Star Open, mm. seeing that Living City list go 4-1 recently. Very excited to see some of these lists play on the tabletop over the next like six months and see where the meta shakes out, um, like yeah. effectively. Oh, ooh, a and final we... a final shout out to the DKM guys on those stats. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got nowhere to be, so we can have a quick look. Do you want to have a look at them, or do you want to just give them a shout? Well, the, just a shout out to their stats. They just put them yes. up, um, and uh, like there's some there's some standaways. But again, I don't think it's tons and tons of data. But you can go find it, uh, and I'll include the link in the chat. So and I'll include it in the show notes, so you guys can go check it out for yourselves. Yeah, happy with that. Yeah, All right, good. I'm really happy Let's... with that. I just got distracted by JJ number ten. Hey JJ, and I'm Gutsman. Oh, look at these. Cool people arrive into the Wonderful. Party, I think I've seen JJ um, this weekend. Is he playing at the event? I think maybe. I'm not sure. Um, that'll be good. Uh, thanks, AOSP, for subscribing. Big love. Uh, so we'll, I'll be back again tonight. Me and Owen will be back next week for the Stat Center. Um, and then I'll be live tonight at 6.30 on the T-Sports Network. So you go check it. So make sure you join us for the first bands of Age Sigma 3. And then uh, we've... Oh, what's up, Owen? 
Uh, I just I'm, I didn't want to leave without my shout outs. I've got I've actually got a few shout outs. Go for outs it. Go week, for it. So sorry to interrupt no, no, your fine. flow. Um, so I just want to shout out. Yeah, the Bucks Wargaming Collective. If anyone uh, does live in the Buckinghamshire High Wycombe area and wants to, you know, learn about Age Sigma, I wouldn't. I can't recommend a nicer bunch to learn with. Great group, and specifically Darren, who put on the Styles GT. Um, I'd also like to shout out Darren Watson. He's got a big birthday this week. I think it's his. Is it? It's twenty. He's twenty-one. It's his twenty-first birthday this week. He's got a. He's, He's got a big one. I know he's got a big monumental birthday, so it's definitely his 21st because he can't be anything over that, surely. Um, I'd like to shout out my cousin Adam for coming over and playing two games of AOS with me. That was fun. And I also want to shout out the Dragon Slayers because um, they're shit out of luck. <laughs> we don't really play because we don't play with dragons, baby. So you ain't slaying nothing. <gasps> wow. Wow! 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 That's uh, that's some some hot gossip before the uh, ooh, uh, take to Twitter with that sort of attitude, Owen. That's what I want to see. Uh, all right, listen, it's been lovely talking to you all. Thanks. Don't forget, we'll be live again for the Interesting Mar uh, Monday Night Show again tonight with Nathan, James, and Dan. We'll be doing a tier list for the other three factions that aren't order. Um, it's going to be great. Uh, loads of love to everyone. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys soon. Have a great day. 